Hey. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hello. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, welcome to this week's episode. I'm Carrie and clearly confused as to what the fuck is happening right now. <laughs> per usual. And I'm Laura. Laughing at Carrie as usual. <laughs> per usual. Per usual. Uh, that's the title of this episode, Per Um we are recording the day after Thanksgiving, so this episode comes out tomorrow. And uh, yeah, how was your Thanksgiving, Laura? Groovy. Yeah? Yeah, how was yours? It was good. Ate, made too much food, ate too much food. You know, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. I didn't make anything, but I went to my dad's and ate his food. <laughs> and I ate too much of his food. Yeah, his well, that's good. Did you talk to Zane? How was his Thanksgiving? It was good. He's not big on the phone. Most eight-year-old boys, not so much. Yeah, no, quite never was. So, Still isn't, actually, so, yeah. Yeah. So he's coming home in a couple hours, so. Yay! Well, that's good. Uh, when are you putting up your tree? Um, probably this weekend, I imagine, because I know he's going to be all over it. Right. Thanksgiving is over. It's time to put up Christmas, which I've already started, as you well know, but... Yeah, I We're, started to like yeah. decorating a little bit inside. Yeah, I mean the cat needs stuff to fucking knock down, or else he would be lost. I mean, he can't. <laughs> Need somewhere to direct his cat anger or whatever. It is. His extreme his playfulness. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's like, still a baby. Two on those, right? <laughs> because the candle situation didn't <laughs> teach him any it did lessons. Not work out well. Do you want to tell everybody yeah. what happened to your? Poor little kitty. Um, Lost one of his lives. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, and give me a fucking panic attack. So I <laughs> Laura lost one of hers too. <laughs> I lit some candles on my desk. I was working and, you know, he comes in and out. And I know he had seen them, so I kind of figured he's not going to go near them. I'm working away. I don't notice that he's up on my desk. He sticks his fucking tail right onto the candle. I smell the burning before I even see anything. Look up kitty tail on fire did he react at all like did he once i grabbed him he did but i don't think he felt it it was just like just the hair oh my god yeah smelled terrible he finally i don't think he stinks anymore but i mean to get the smell (laughs) in my office fucking terrible oh no i really wanted to light candles but i couldn't right (laughs) and then he avoided the office for a few hours yeah for sure oh yeah he wouldn't come back in like yeah. it was my fucking fault. <laughs> How dare you? Right. Oh, Why are you lighting on fire, bitch? Right? Thank God you don't have candles on the mantle, though, if, especially if he's like jumping up and trying to get up there. Well, I have some that I bought for the mantle, but now I'm like, I'm clearly not putting them up until like. Right. Until like. Or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor kitty. Anyway. Yeah, let's not kill the kitty. Yeah. Uh, kittens learn <laughs> slow. I mean, I kind of feel like all he's animals. Adorable. He's not the brightest. <laughs> <laughs> he's a baby yet, though. Would you say he's only five months old? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's totally a baby. He's a big baby, but he's right? a baby. Bless the little baby's heart. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's been Laura's adventurous uh, week. Let's see here. EVPs, guys. As always, we just have the one. Um, 
And basically what that is, is that the hoodie sale, by the time you listen to this, is over. The hoodie pre-sale ended yesterday, Black Friday, so we hope you got your hoodies. Um, if you didn't, well, sorry. Uh, we may be doing a sweatpants pre-sale in January, because now people have seen pictures of us in History of a Haunting sweats. They're like a dark gray um, with a orange or like a gold yellow history of a haunting down the leg. So people are now wanting that. So maybe in January we'll do a pre-sale for that, but the hoodies are done. They are finito. So hope you got one. And if you didn't, maybe next year, we'll see. Um, that's all I have for EVPs. Miss, do you have anything? No, not that I can think of. No, no. Just watch your cat's tail around um. fire. Yes, yes, watch the kittens. Free PSA from Laura to you. Um, All right, well, Laura, why don't you, uh, we've got another international location. Let's tell folks where we're taking them. We are taking you to some place I'm going to massacre, Borg Vicarage in Sweden. What is this? Sweden. (laughs) Oh, that you say, right? (laughs) Sweden. Borg Vicarage, Sweden. Speeding. Okay. All right. Speeding. Great. <laughs> um, this will be a quick episode, guys. There's not a whole, whole lot in the history and the hauntings. And um, my chair keeps dropping little by little as I'm sitting in it. So I just keep. Hopefully it won't happen Falling. when I'm on camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, good. What are your sources? Um, my sources are theghosthuntuk.com, vogueskandinavia.com, and borgbotnet.eu. Yes. Which Google was kind enough to translate for me. I could never figure out how to get it to do that. So I just look, I'm lower now because I keep keep dropping. I'm just going to set up really straight. So screw you. I'll just do this. Crazy tall. There. It's not going to last. I'm just going to (laughs) keep. Keep shrinking. It's cool. All right. Tell your story, lady. All right. Um, so the Borg Botnet is a tiny village of just 50 residents. Um, it is home to what has been called Sweden's most haunted house since 1947. Not only that, the small town has also been awarded the accolade of having the highest number of ghosts per capita in Sweden. <laughs> fact that you might not find in the encyclopedia. Uh, what is um, <laughs> so there's what like 30 people in the town or yeah like 50 yeah so cool okay great right quaint bit funny <laughs> yeah so the vicarage of borg botnet dates back to 1876 um a vicarage in case you don't know is just a house where the priests that work at the local parish or church because this isn't catholic but that's right. where they live so Gotcha. And this one is pretty standard. It's a modest home with two floors. Um, there you go. There are five bedrooms, um, a dining room, and you know a couple sitting areas and working areas. So as you, if you can see the picture on YouTube or you checked it on our social media, you can see it's not a giant house. It's very modest. It's very unassuming, right? Like it doesn't. Yeah, it's yeah. very simple. Very what you would imagine a vicarage um, for you know holy men and Sweden to be to live. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not the Vatican. Right, no. <laughs> uh, I think the Catholics got the got the corner, they got the market on uh, the opulence. Mm, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> in between the outfits and the marble. They kind of got it going on. <laughs> and that big giant painting on the ceiling. <laughs> I keep shrinking. And, and honestly, that's nothing compared to the rest of the Vatican, which is saying something. I mean, mm. it's gorgeous, but like, that's just a small chapel. There's like the whole Vatican Museum and, you know, the rest of the city. Well, yeah, true. Plus then everything like underground and although that's probably not covered in marble. Is it? Uh, it is. Oh, it is. The, where the popes were buried? Yeah. You're talking about underneath? Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know how much access they give people to that anymore. I know for a while after um, 2011, it was kind of closed off. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's where they have a lot of the popes interred in it. Yeah. There's lots of marble down there. Oh, they shit. have them in like the marble interments. Ah, uh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and it's under the basilica, so. Wow, yeah. I would yeah. love, I would love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. Of course, I mean, the Da Vinci Code, or not the Da Vinci Code, uh, Angels and Demons. That was the one I was like. Now I've got to go into the bottom of the Vatican. Now I got to check that place out. <laughs> Thanks, Dan Brown. Um, it's definitely worth a visit, I would say. Yeah. And I'll tell you, and I told you that cheat way you have to go through. Yeah. So you don't have to go back in line. Yeah, so you're welcome. Or travel tips, <laughs> right? New podcast coming with whatever group is going by, no matter if it's Chinese or not. It's blended. Just walk with them. Just walk with them. Keep your head down, and they won't be paying right. any attention to you. Yeah, new podcast right. coming up. Laura's travel tips. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, so back to our vicarage. Um, there's nothing really that was too notable that went on until about 1901. Okay. When our, I guess, pastor would probably be a more appropriate priest, pastor, whatever. Um, per Headland was his name. And his wife and family, they lived in the vicarage for about six years. Um, in 1907, Marta, his wife, died giving birth to their 11th child. God fucking bless her. She was probably just tired. <laughs> I mean, she, her and Mother Leeds, man, from last week's episode. I don't know why we keep doing these episodes where these poor women are having 900 children. Right. I know, clearly, I'm bad at so, math. <laughs> I'm sure it felt like 900 children. Mm. Um, her took it hard and buried her in the backyard. Um, so she remained there for several days until the local villagers found out and demanded that she was buried in the cemetery. Um, he finally agreed, and the following day, the Headland family had vanished, along with the lifeless body of Marta. So, digging up bodies is never really a good idea. Mm -mm. <laughs> no. I mean, I would be yeah. pissed at my husband. Just leave me there. Who cares what everybody says? Right? That's where they lived. I mean, that's pretty typical for the time. Sure. Well, for that time, yeah. was probably yeah. far more disrespectful to bury her in a backyard and dig her up. And then, mm -hmm. like half, then digging her, her up and moving her, Agreed. wherever, wherever yeah. she was moved to, yeah, wherever she ended up. Yeah. Um, and then again, in the early twentieth century, um, this is not a good story. A nineteen-year-old girl, um, unmarried girl, was raped and became pregnant by a priest. Cool, that's so, great. Yeah, that's always good times. Once she started showing, the priest locked her in an enclosure in the backyard. Um, and like the fucking chicken coop, before, or what? Yeah, just as an enclosure. Like, there's kind of varying stories. It was either, like, a shed-type thing in the backyard or one of the rooms okay. upstairs. Okay. So, I've heard... I've seen both. Me too. Either way, she got locked up. It wasn't great. Um, <laughs> either way, she wasn't free to go about her business. 
Um, when the baby was born, um, the baby was uh, murdered and buried also in the backyard. Seems to be a popular place. <clears throat> um, yeah. And you're going to talk about a lot of the stuff that has happened in between then and yes. now. Uh, but currently, the vicarage does serve as a hotel. Um, and it's about 100 kilometers from Ostersund in Jamtland, which means oh, nothing sure. to me. Jamtland. But, you know, in case you have references for Sweden, that's where it is. And it offers a summer cafe, guided tours, and overnight stays. Wow. Exciting stuff. There wasn't a whole lot to be found on the history of it, was there? Even a, There wasn't, even, no. Yeah. Just the really great stories that were probably led to the reason that we're covering it to begin with. <laughs> Those heartwarming tales. Um, <laughs> alrighty. Well, all right. On to the hauntings. See, guys, I told you this was going to be a quickie. Um, so... <laughs> I got my sources from Swedes in the States, the Socians, and LittleHouseOfHorrors.com, all of which are, are very um, appropriate for, you know, mm-hmm. at least Little House of, Hor- House of Horrors. No, House <laughs> of Horrors. Jeez. Okay. Well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> maybe. Um, so... At first glance, this old country house might not look like much to the world. Like we showed you, it's very unassuming. Just looks like a simple little, you know, house. Um, but this house, as Laura had mentioned, does have a dark past that actually pales in comparison to many other places in Sweden. Um, the fragile wooden walls and the creaking floors have for over 100 years been the scene of tragic events and paranormal activity. In fact, Borg Vatnet Vicarage is considered to be, like Laura mentioned, the most haunted place in Sweden. And it actually frequent, um, frequently makes its way onto the list of some of the most haunted places in the world. So, you know, I love a good most haunted list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love I've a good most I saw that a lot on there. Yeah. yeah. It's considered to be super haunted super haunted yeah so a total of 15 priests would come to live at the vicarage before the last one had finally had enough of the ghostly activities and decided to move out with no other priest willing to take over um what became the final what came to be the final straw is still one of the most famous ghost stories in the house so although the first reports of hauntings at the vicarage were made by a priest in 1927, it actually wasn't until the last priest of Borgvatnet, Eric Lindgren, moved to the vicarage in 1945 that it became publicly known to the world as it were as being haunted. So, oh great, now here's that word you just said that I'm going to butcher. So apparently during a meeting held by Jamtland, Sorry, mm-hmm. Sweden. I like it. I like yeah. it. Jamtland. There Sounds we go. Like they have lots of jam. Right? Um, Sounds nice. So, <laughs> people in Sweden are like, there's no freaking jam at all. <laughs> what is jam? <laughs> so, but they probably don't call it jam. That sounds so American. Right. They probably call it Jamtland. <laughs> oh my God. I love a peanut butter and Jamtland sandwich. Um, God, we just lost that whole country. Um, they were in our top 10 countries of listeners too. Bye guys. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I maybe should have mentioned that before we recorded this. Anyway. So during a meeting held by that locations, agricultural society in December of 1947, 
a journalist from a local newspaper had caught on to the rumors of the haunted vicarage in town and bluntly asked Eric Lindgren about his experiences. So it was safe to say that not only had Eric documented his experiences, but that he was actually willing to go public with them. Um, so according to him, and let's take a look at this guy. This is Eric Lindgren. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I did it. I'm getting oh, better okay. at this. Yeah, yeah. So that's him. Um, and he's kind of the reason why this place is has become so popular and so known for hauntings. So... Yeah. Um, according to him, one of the most haunting experiences he had while living there was when he was suddenly thrown off of his rocking chair one night by an unseen force and ended up on the floor. Um, on his first night, it was if, as if on his first night living there, it was as if heavy furniture was being dragged from one side of a room to another in the room upstairs above his head. Um, it surprised him because the furniture, his furniture didn't actually even arrive at the vicarage yet. So there was no furniture in it, but there was the sound. It was pretty mm -hmm. crazy. So when he investigated this room, he saw all the rooms on the, the floor were empty. Um, so that was when he started to keep a journal of all the strange happenings, which smart guy, frankly, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. um, later, he bought this rocking chair and he placed it at the vicarage. So... That night that he had been thrown out of it, he got back in the chair. And when he got back in the chair, he felt some kind of strong force enter his body. Mm -mm. No. no, thanks. No, that's no good. Um, according to his notes, he was never able to sit in the chair for too long without being thrown out of it. Uh, presently, the chair is found in the vicarage. The same chair is still there and it is often found to be rocking on its own. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so it was in 1947 that he was talking about the ghost to some fellow vicars at a gathering. This journalist that was there immediately picked up on the conversation and he asked for an interview with Eric and Eric agreed. Um, and this is how Borgvatnet Vicarage became world famous. Eddie is about the story. He is all about this story. He is. All right. He's mad at me. Yeah. He was, he's mad at you because you left him outside. Yeah, okay. He's outside the office. Yeah. Um, so the newspaper, Austerlin's Posten, sorry again, uh, published <laughs> Eric's interview <laughs> December 4th, 1947. Uh, in this interview, he talked about hearing footsteps, cons the constantly blown out candles, and the fact that he sometimes even bumped into an unseen person. Um, yeah, I, which... If that were me, I would constantly be saying, oh, sorry, excuse me. Because I, <laughs> if I, comes out. It, oops, sorry, my bad. <laughs> sorry. Um, I've actually done that. Like I've been going to go out of this office and my bedroom is like right there. And I'll go uh -huh. to like, and I'll turn to quick before I've cleared the fucking door frame. And I'll run into it with my shoulder and be like, oh, sorry. And then Quill will be like, did you just <laughs> apologize to the door frame? I sure did. I did. Listen, I have manners. I have manners, right? <laughs> this is a new house. Right, I don't. Right. I'm not trying to be rude to my new home, um, or I'm just that insane. So, he also told the journalist that he would frequently hear footsteps in the garden that came toward the house via the wooden bridge, which in our pictures we don't. I did. There's you can't see the wooden bridge. Mm -hmm. um, but when he went to check, there was never anybody out there. Eddie is so mad at you. <laughs> so mad yeah also uh patreons we have a brand new bingo card and uh eddie meowing is a bingo square 
Um, You're going to get that one a lot. A lot, yeah. (laughs) So his interview was quite controversial because in the 40s, the clergymen of any denomination or faith never spoke Mm -hmm. about ghosts. Um, especially, like I said, not in 1947, he claimed he always felt uncomfortable in the expedition room, which was generally used as the office space for all the vicars that had lived there. Mm -hmm. Um, because he always felt like when he was in there as if somebody was looking over his shoulder and sometimes he, he even sensed a person sitting next to him, which made it impossible to work. Um, eventually the guy just started getting used to all of the activity in the house. So <laughs> maybe I should let him in. Maybe you should let him in. I'll pause it real quick. <laughs> okay, Laura's cat is in and now with us and purring because he's so happy. Hi, we are. Look at him. What a cutie. Hi, buddy. Okay. So that pear guy. Um as you mentioned, Laura, his wife Marta died in the house during childbirth and he couldn't face the fact that she had passed away. And he buried her in the backyard. Um, like you said, the locals found out and they demanded that they he move her to a cemetery. Um, right. The whole Headland family had disappeared along with her body. Um, what was interesting, though, was that his son, Niels Headland, came back to live at the vicarage after his father had died as one of the vicars. Yeah, crazy, huh? Crazy. So mm-hmm. the only thing that I didn't um, find was um he didn't i found no like account of what he said where the family went where the mother was buried what Mm -hmm. life was like after the dad sort of i couldn't find any of that either but i did see that he came back and he was one of the last vicars right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah very odd kind of tale there very odd tale yeah so he said that um he had once saw all of his laundry laundry being pulled from the clotheslines in the garden. There was no wind that day. He could clearly see the laundry was being pulled off the clotheslines and it, it just was really unnerving for him. And he wasn't actually the last person to be affected by the hauntings. Um, it, it's not entirely a stretch to suggest that it's possible. The burying and digging up of his mother may have played a part in all this. Uh, right. But like I said, I never found out anything if he ever mentioned or explained or. <laughs> he is so crazy and he is purring so loud. He loves this episode. He really does. He's a big fan of Sweden. <laughs> he did. Okay, great. Um, so and Vickers <laughs> and ghosts. He loves, loves the ghosts. Um, so in 1930, Headland's successor experienced something strange as well. Vicar Rudolf Tangden saw a lady dressed in gray at the house. She was walking slowly toward him through the big hall, but decided to take a turn into the expedition room, which is where most of all, the, like I said, the vicar's mm-hmm. office was. When he went to go talk to her and ask her what she was doing inside his house, when he got to the expedition room, there was nobody there. And this was another common occurrence. This gray lady is seen often. Um, the next one, Otto Lindgren and his wife moved into the vicarage in 1936. <laughs> Look at my tail. Check it. Is it still on fire? Look at that. <laughs> um, they said that they never saw an apparition, but they had lots of paranormal. Ex- <laughs> 
Maybe letting him in was the worst idea. Was the worst idea. <laughs> oh my god, I'm letting him out now. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god, what's that story about, or that saying about wrangling cats? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're just not happy anywhere. <laughs> right? I love it. He needs Zane to come home. Um, Couple hours. Couple hours. Hang in there, Eddie. Hang in there. Um, so they never, am I recording? I am, sorry. I'm so confused. There's a lot going on in this episode today. <laughs> the best so much cat activity it's the best usually it's my dogs that are creating the ruckus Mm -hmm. so this is a refreshing change yes (laughs) um so they never saw an apparition but they had lots of paranormal experiences at the house they heard Mm -hmm. footsteps walking through the house doors were opening and closing as if somebody was moving from one room to another when they wanted to welcome the visitor that they oh my hi sorry guys it's on the wrong screen (laughs) Good freaking God. Is, we're, we're doing awesome today. I mean, professional. So we're so high on turkey. We are. I am. We can't be held responsible. We can't. Sorry. Um, so Mrs. Lindgren had a strange encounter when she thought she heard a visitor in the house walking through room to room, which why is a visitor just poking through your home? But. Right. So she was home alone one day when she heard music coming from um, the kitchen from behind the closed door. So she opened the kitchen door and the music suddenly stopped. The same thing happened again later when Otto was back at home. Again, they heard music in the kitchen, but when they checked it out, the music would suddenly stop. So there was a diocese secretary that was there, or that Mm -hmm. stayed there. Her name was Inga Floden. And she had stayed over at Borgvatnet in 1941 while she was on a business trip. She slept in the guest room and woke up at 3 a.m., which, as we all know, is the witching hour. Mm-hmm. Um, she was feeling like she was being watched. She must have thought she was dreaming um, because, well, no, she not must have. She did thought, think she was dreaming at first because when she opened her eyes, there were three elderly ladies watching her from a couch just opposite her bed. And they were crying. Um, so she kind of blinked and she kind of was like, what is happening? So she turned mm-hmm. on the light. And they were still there, but she could see right through them. Um, Additionally odd, there was actually no couch in this particular room she was sleeping in. Uh, Excuse me. Um, So, like I said, she had plenty of time to really get a good look at them. She said one lady was dressed um, in black, one lady wore a purple dress, and the third lady was wearing gray. All three of them looked kind of sad, especially the lady in gray. They were weeping. Two of them had their hands in their laps, like folded in their laps. And the third Mm -hmm. one was knitting. Um, Yeah, she really got a good look at him. At some point, she must have dozed off off again. The next day, she... How the fuck did she fall back asleep? Well, it's just... (laughs) (laughs) She said the next day she didn't speak of it, and later she admitted that she wasn't scared, just surprised. So three crying old ladies staring at you while you sleep, super casual. Dude, that's like the creepiest fucking thing. Like Crying, nonetheless. Nonetheless. I would fucking be out... Plus, I wonder if she could hear the little clitter clatter of the knitting needles. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. She's like, what's up? 
I'm gonna fucking go back to sleep. Um, no. I've got a long trip tomorrow. I just need to get mm-hmm. some Z's, ladies. Sorry, right. you're right. upset. Fuck. Yeah, no. Um, but also ghost couch. I love that. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the story. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I don't, I don't, I have so many questions. Um <laughs> like, okay, the ghosts are there, whatever, but how the fuck did that bitch go back to sleep? That mm-hmm. I cannot fucking fathom. Like if I saw some shit like that, one, I would be out. Goodbye. But, yeah, for real. And then I sure as fuck wouldn't be like, cool, nice doily, fucking go back to sleep. <laughs> right. That's yeah. so pretty. Also, can you tell me where this couch came from? <laughs> right. Yeah. Can you leave the couch? That would be a nice addition. Right. But, you know, what's interesting is that, like, usually it's just, like, a quick blip of time that you see an apparition, right? Like, you always hear stories of, um, you know, they saw it and then they just kind of, like, blinked to make sure that they were really, they're, you know, they were really seeing what they were seeing right. and it was gone. They blinked and it was gone. Mm-hmm. Or they turned on the light and it was gone. Mm-hmm. Not these ladies. They fucking stayed the course. They held strong. <laughs> Old ladies are stubborn as fuck. Anywhere, (laughs) we're fucking sad and we're comfy. I'm not moving. We're not moving. Do what you got to do. I got knitting to be done. Fuck you. I ain't going to damn place. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Just really, just crazy. Um, That's a pretty weird story. So the other thing, this vicarage, I'll tell you. Other guests of the vicarage have claimed. Multiple claims of having matches, marbles, and even knives thrown at them from an invisible source. Knives? That's not cool. Knives? No. I mean, even a marble, that's not cool. No, and also, are these matches lit? Don't take Eddie. No. You can't take your cat. <laughs> Don't take your cat. That's too bad because he really likes Sweden. loves Sweden well he can stay at a different place (laughs) so now like you had mentioned this house while it looks really small it's got you said five bedrooms I think yeah 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 so there are three bedrooms there's the yellow room the blue room and the pink room and they all have activity so the yellow room which is this I think I lovely the expedition? I think I counted the expedition room. Maybe that was okay. Maybe had, no, no, no. I mean, it's because you can stay in it now. Like, so maybe they used it. You know what I mean? Maybe it wasn't used more for like it could like, be like, working, and then now they obviously since it's a hotel, they turned it into a room. That could be. These are the only three rooms that are actually decorated in these colors. Uh-huh. So this is the yellow room, and in this room, they are figuring that this is probably the room in which Marta had died. Um, uh-huh. Guests of the bed and breakfast see shadows in this room, and sometimes uh-huh. people feel like somebody is pulling their clothes. Also, various guests have claimed to see a dent on the bedspread as if somebody is sitting on it. So it actually kind of looks like somebody either just got up from laying down on the bed on the uh-huh. right, or something's there right now as we're looking at it. You get real shitty mattress. You never know. Or the mattress is from when Marta lived there. Oh, dear God. You suppose it's the one she died on? Look at us starting rumors. We're going to get a message from the bed at <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-mm, don't sleep on that one. Um, <laughs> the next one, let's see if I can do this correctly, is the blue room. That thing is beautiful. Name. 
absolutely oh, named. Cute. I think it's beautiful. I love that carpet or that rug. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so people who have spent the night here in this room claim to have been woken up by the sound of heavy furniture being moved around. So I'm wondering if this is the room that maybe Eric um, Lindgren had heard that heavy furniture being moved, even though his furniture mm-hmm. hadn't arrived yet. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. There's also a ghost here that likes to pull the bed sheets off people in the middle of the night. Um, it may be the cause. There's a small boy whose apparition has been seen in this room. The sound of a baby screaming is also heard here. And a lot of people that spend the night in it report feeling sad and depressed while they're in the room. So that's that cheery thought. This is mm-hmm. the pink room. Again, aptly named. Mm-hmm. So no one really knows how these hauntings began. Um, it is said that the most accepted story is that is the story of the one of the first priests that lived at Borgvatnet had a sexual relationship with the young local girl. Um, as you mentioned, it's actually not clear if it was a consensual consensual relationship or if she was raped. Um, when learning that she was pregnant, he would lock her in an enclosure in the backyard. Um, it's also the same backyard that the girl would bury her child right after killing it. It's not mm-hmm. clear whether the young girl made it out alive of the enclosure or if she met the same fate as her child. The baby was buried um, in the backyard in the north side of the house, just outside the pink room. Both mother and child haunt this room and sounds of screaming of a screaming baby crying and a small shadow figure have been seen here. So... Now, today, uh, in recent times, which is today, this exact day, right, these are all live stories happening coming from this vicarage <laughs> today. Um, it serves as a bed and breakfast, a cafe, as well as a restaurant. Uh, paranormal incidents, however, do continue and frequently occur. Many of the guests that have stayed there have reported instances of strange happenings, including crying noises, knocking sounds, and ghostly reflections in mirrors recently a tall dark man wearing a hat has been seen at the expedition room uh there are strange images in the mirrors there are um rattling and singing radiators i don't know what the singing is if it's like whistling maybe sound or um yeah i don't know I don't it could know. Could be like steam. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, cold spots are often felt, and strange light reflections are often seen and captured in the house. Uh, one couple that stayed, and this would be me, <laughs> probably you and me. Uh, one couple that stayed at the vicarage recounted an incident where the husband was mysteriously grabbed by an unseen force and dragged across the staircase. Scared out of their wits, they spent the rest of their of the night outside in a tent. He didn't dare step one foot back into the vicarage. Right. There's no way I'd just be like, cool, I'm going back to sleep. That hurt. My butt really hurts, but I need to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) That's like a drug across stairs. Don't like you. Right. (laughs) Also, does the vicarage provide the tent if you get too scared? Or did they have to bring their own tent? Right. I have a lot of questions about this, too. Just we'll email before we go. We will. We need to make so sure we'll that we we're prepared. Yeah. Um, some guests have also complained of being constantly glared at by an unseen force and being woken up by a cold force, like a hand pressing their forehead and pushing their head down into the beds. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Number one, 
don't touch me when I'm sleeping. Number two, don't I don't have cold hands and touch me. And certainly yeah. don't mash my head down into the bed. That's uh-huh. terrifying. Um, I don't like any of that. I don't like any of it either. Uh, but, you know, for some brave guests who manage to stay the night in the vicarage without any fear, the manager rewards them with a certificate of overnight stay as evidence mm-hmm. of their bravery and to prove they survived the haunted forces. So uh, that's what I've got on Borgvatnet Vicarage and the the hauntings. I I think they're pretty cool. I think, of course, as always, the stories fucking suck. But mm-hmm. um, if you are going to be going to Sweden, uh, they are located at Borgvatnet seven six zero Stugen Jamtlen Jamtlen Sweden. Sorry, guys. Good job. Um, I'm good job. We're Thanks. Trying. We're trying over we're, here. We're trying. We really are. We're really trying. So, yeah, that was um, that charming little place. I've heard about this place for, for years. So, had yeah. you ever heard about it before? I've seen it on the list. Yeah. 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 God, I love a good most haunted list. I really do. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. Fun. Of all the things of you could list that I love, that's one of them. For sure. For sure. For sure. So anyway, that's uh, that's it, guys. That's what we have. Um, I have still <laughs> not been able to find my strange history book, so we don't have strange history for you, even though I cleaned my office so thoroughly. Um, sorry. Maybe next week. Put it away somewhere safe. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I could also read from my Ghost Stories of Pittsburgh book or my Haunted Hollywood book. I don't. I don't. I'll find it. It's fine. Uh, Laura, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and also at hoahpodcast.com. You can find us on the TikTok at hoahpodcast, at hoahcarry, and at hoahcohost Laura. And that, as they say, guys, is all she wrote. So that's all we have. Um, we, I'm going to go decorate for Christmas. You're going to go get your son and then decorate for Christmas. And we will reconvene probably sometime else this weekend just because we got a lot to record and stuff to do. Because I will be in Phoenix next weekend. We're not recording. Yay! Yay! Um, we have our podcast event. Laura and I are hosting a paranormal investigation of the 1910 jail in Globe, Arizona. So we've got um, some of our top friends and fans going to be joining us there. We um, have already covered the location in an episode, so we're not going to actually be doing a live recording of it. We will be doing some Facebook Lives and some videos and stuff like that for Patreons Mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, But yeah, Laura and I have lots to do. I fly out on Thursday and... uh, the investigation is Saturday night, so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited. Yay. Yeah, and I have, like, I bought new EVP recorders so that we have plenty Ooh. of equipment for all of the uh, intrepid investigators. And, uh, yeah, so that's that on okay. that. Let's go get busy. It's going to be good times. It is going to be good times, yes. As always, guys, stay safe out there because you never know who or what is listening. Bye. See you next week. Bye.